You are listening to the Vibrant Life Podcast, episode 29. The Vibrant Life. Hey you, I'm Emily Romrell and you're listening to the Vibrant Life Podcast. <laughs> How are you, my friends? I'm doing great. It's been a good week. I was able to hang out with a few friends and work on some projects, and I hope you had some good times as well. You know, it's the simple little things that bring us the most joy. I love the book Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery, and that story highlights this idea in many ways. Uh, There's even a quote I love in the book where Anne says, I believe the nicest and sweetest days are not those on which anything very splendid or wonderful or exciting happens, but just those that bring simple little pleasures following one another softly, like pearls slipping off a string. And I think that quote holds a lot of truth. One of the projects I worked on this last week was going through my clothes and donating stuff that I don't use anymore. So I got to thinking about the benefits of decluttering a space and enjoying the simple things. And so I decided today we're going to be talking about minimalism. So hang in here with me, peeps. (laughs) I know that minimalism is a word that holds different meanings for different people, and it can sometimes trigger strong emotions. Um, Honestly, when it comes to most philosophies, I'm a big believer in a happy medium. You can even listen to an outdated episode of the podcast, titled The Happy Medium that I did a few years ago on my website, if you're interested. (laughs) Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. But really, I'm not the kind of minimalist that strips everything down to the bare bones. I'm not down with that Spartan mentality, but I do think that there's some ideas and concepts within minimalism that can be really worthwhile. And maybe one of the best definitions of minimalism out there comes from Linda Breen Pierce. She wrote a book called Choosing Simplicity, and she did a study on over 200 people who wanted to simplify their lives. And she said that simplicity involves unburdening your life and living more lightly with fewer distractions that interfere with a high quality of life as defined uniquely by each individual. And I love that. I like that quote because I believe in the principle of uncluttering your life in meaningful ways. And I also believe that this is going to look different for everyone. That's how it is with a lot of life lessons, right? When you're implementing new concepts and ideas into your life, you change them up to fit your needs. And that's different than adjusting truth to fit your needs. And I want to make that clarification. Truth is truth, and that's not going to change. I mean, two plus two is always going to equal four, and the sun is always going to rise in the east, and true things are true things. But as we all learn and grow and our understanding of what is true deepens, I do believe that we can adjust our lives to be more aligned with what is true. And we don't have to be perfect. We can just take baby steps and continue to grow and become better. And I think that's important to remember. It helps us from becoming overwhelmed. And I think that the underlying idea behind minimalism is that decluttering of your life so that you can live your best life. And there's a major lie in society that more is always better. 
And that's not true. The right amount is just the right amount. (laughs) But if you're in doubt, my advice is to aim for that happy medium. So let's talk about how to take some baby steps and declutter some different areas in our lives. The obvious place to start is with the physical world or the material things, right? That's what everyone thinks about when you mention minimalism, is getting rid of possessions. And there's a saying that I was taught when I was young that helps me out a lot, a place for everything and everything in its place. It cuts right to the point. We need to be organized. That's the first step. So uh, if you don't know where something goes, it's probably going to end up on a counter or stuffed in a corner somewhere. And it doesn't take long for things without a home to pile up. And personally, I find it really satisfying to be organized and to know where things belong. Sometimes when I'm stressed or my thoughts are running away with me, I'll look around my house and realize that I've let my physical space get out of control. I haven't put my laundry away and there's a pile of junk mail on the counter, or maybe I've left books and blankets lying around or whatever. And uh, often our outer surroundings reflect what's happening on the inside. And simply cleaning up and putting things back in order settles a lot of those inner anxieties. Another thing that I find helpful is keeping the correct number of things around. So this is silly, (laughs) but um, as I was putting this podcast together for you guys, um, there's this dang fly that keeps buzzing around and it's driving me bonkers. And I have my fly swatter next to me and I'm ready for battle. (laughs) But I only need one fly swatter, right? And more than one is in excess of what I'm ever going to use. Uh, But I think it's easy for us to collect things that we think will be useful, uh, especially if they're on sale, right? But um, it's important for us to think about how many things we really need. And a useful concept of minimalism is that we should only keep what we actually use. So I only need one fly swatter. Um, Another example is that a while back, I decided that I wanted to upgrade my closet a little bit, so I bought a set of cedar hangers. I like the way they smell, and they're supposed to be like a natural deterrent for bugs. Anyway, I just thought they were nice. And But one thing that's been really helpful for me is that I just keep enough hang-up clothes that fit on this set that I bought. Um, I do also have like a small chest of drawers that I keep t-shirts and jeans in and stuff, but when I buy something new, I try to think about something old that I maybe no longer wear and eliminate that out of my closet so that I can kind of keep things down. It really helps keep the closet clutter at bay and it makes choosing what to wear a lot more meaningful in my opinion, so there's that. Um, A few years ago, there's this lady Marie Kondo, you might have seen her on Netflix, and she came out with a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And she talks about only keeping things that spark joy for you. I think that's a good rule to go by. If something brings you pleasure from owning it, that's great, keep it. I mean, my book collection keeps growing and growing and that brings me a lot of joy. I think the secret is to know the difference between an item that sparks joy for you and possessions that you just keep around because you might need them someday. And if you're honest with yourself, I don't think you're going to go wrong. Another good practice is to de-junk every six months to a year or so. 
If you have possessions that you haven't used in six months or a year, it's probably a good idea to let those things go. I'm not talking about truly sentimental items. Obviously, you're going to keep your photos or your Christmas decorations or your wedding dress or whatever is really special to you. But if you use your common sense, I think you're going to be fine. But here's the truth. When you get rid of physical things that you don't need, your physical space is happier and healthier. Not only that, but your spirit feels happier and lighter because everything is connected. And to me, that's embracing minimalism. Keep just enough of the things that you need and then keep what truly sparks joy for you. The second part of this idea of minimalism is decluttering your thoughts and emotions. It's so easy to carry old beliefs inside that really don't help us anymore, if they ever did. And there's a beautiful quote by Najwa Zebian, hope I said that right, but it says, these mountains that you are carrying, you were only supposed to climb. A similar saying that I love says, you can't fly until you let go of what weighs you down. It can be difficult, but becoming aware of ideas that we're carrying that are heavy and that weigh our hearts down is critical. And once we're aware of the thoughts that don't serve us, we can let those go. These could be thoughts like, I'm a horrible singer, or I'm no good at math, or this person doesn't like me, or I'm not brave enough to try something new. I mean, there's lots of things. And it takes guts to look inside yourself and dig up the heavy things that weigh your heart down. And it takes even more guts to let those things go. But again, you're going to be so much happier and healthier for it. I'm talking about a lot of books on this episode, (laughs) but I love books, so you're just going to have to deal with it. And I'll put some links down to the books in the show notes if you're interested. But um, a classic book that shows us how to become minimalists in a way, spiritually and emotionally, is The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. And this is old. I think he wrote it a few hundred years ago. Um, But it's a Christian allegory. And funnily... Funnily, if I can say that word (laughs) enough, uh, the main character's name is Christian. And he has this giant burden on his back. And he has to go through all of the perils of life before he can let go of his burden at a cross and it finally rolls away, right? And I've read The Pilgrim's Progress. It's great. But I especially like how this book is used in Little Women, which is a really favorite book of mine, by Louisa May Alcott. She starts her book out actually with an epigraph or like a quotation that she adapted from The Pilgrim's Progress. And near the beginning of the Little Women book, each of the March girls are given a copy of Pilgrim's Progress at Christmas. They even play act it and like put little bundles together and climb up to the attic. And it's kind of cute. But the real connection is that each of the four girls has a fault that they're trying to overcome. And those faults turn into the plot of the book. And so there's Joe, who's pretty much the main character, and she's too rough and wild, right? She's a tomboy. Meg is kind of vain. She thinks too much of her good looks, and she wants to be popular. Amy hates being poor, and so she's obsessed with becoming rich. And Beth is honestly pretty good. She's an extremely good little girl, but she overcomes her shyness and fear. 
So throughout the book, we watch each girl grow up and overcome those shortcomings. And I think that's another way to kind of think about minimalism in our lives. We can declutter our souls from failings that hold us back. And then spiritually, we're going to be that much happier and healthier. And the process of letting go of characteristics or shortcomings may take a bit longer, right? But the process is the same. We identify things that we don't have a place or a home for in our lives, and we work on letting those things go. So anyway, I hope that some of these thoughts this week have resonated with you guys. The challenge is maybe this time to take a look at an area in your life that's cluttered. It could be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but take a look at a cluttered area in your life and sincerely consider what you might be willing to eliminate. And again, you know, it's a process, so you don't have to be perfect all at once. Just take those baby steps and you can do it. If you choose to do it, I think you're going to have a lot healthier life and it's going to be more vibrant and happy. So I hope you have a fabulous week, my friends. Take care and live the vibrant life.